It's Monday. It's March 16th. And the word of the day is Muggasegla, which is an Almanic German term used as an informal unit of measure in the Swabia region, meaning the length of a housefly penis. Wait, erect or flaccid? <laughs> Great question. Flaccid but stretched, I believe. Now, the closest English equivalent would be the carpentry term RCH. I never understood how the color of the cunt hair factored in. <laughs> I'm no illusions. I'm Heath Enright, and broadcasting, delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On episode 8, Rick Scott will force Florida environmental scientists to present their findings in mime. America goes from Kennedy Camelot to Clinton Spamalot. We'll learn that those dudes from the Skeptocrats are violent communists. And Lucinda Lusions strikes out three Secret Service agents with a nasty Bugs Bunny changeup. But first, the Duo Tribe. Before we get the show rolling tonight, we wanted to respond to some of the feedback we've received. Most of the comments so far have been positive. In fact, all the comments were positive, right up until we spent a duo tribe talking about libertarianism being self-contradictory and irrational at the societal level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Clearly, yeah, coincidence, absolutely. But luckily, after two years plus of doing a podcast about atheism, Noah has learned to speak fluent butthurt ideologue. I have. So he'll be acting as our translator as we answer to a few of the charges leveled against us on iTunes. We'll start with the following one-star review with the title, Skeptical Partisans Are Not Skeptical. I believe the translation would be, if these guys were actual skeptics, they'd agree with half of the Republican stuff and half of the Democratic stuff. (laughs) Obviously. And Mark 111Z writes, quote, not very skeptical at all. It sounds like a couple of high school kids who think they're geniuses since they figured out gods don't exist and then try to force their brand of violent communism on everyone. Translation, violent I can communism. say violent communism without <laughs> violating Godwin's law. I know. I checked. Mark continues, mandatory voting, question mark? Translation, this definitely isn't about the libertarian thing. Further totally translation, stuff. actual democracy would be a disaster. Absolutely. Then he adds... How many black guys need to get choked to death or put in a rape cage because they know elections are rigged by the war corporations and political partisans and they don't want to put their stamp of approval on the continuation of the Clinton or Bush dynasties? Translation. I'm trying really hard not to say that the Carlisle group is made up of shape-shifting lizard people from the center of the earth and so far I am nailing it. (laughs) And by the way... Mark never told us how many blacks we'd need to put in a rape cage, no, and that would have been probably useful. He's just, he's just asking questions, right. but he doesn't seem to have any answers. I'm saying. He continues, absolutely no skepticism of the American lefties or anything Obama has done. So yeah, seven episodes in, and we also haven't criticized Pol Pot, Hitler, Stalin, Genghis Khan, no. Voldemort, or no. Gargamel. So no. I guess that's what's bolstering his violent communism claim. But Mark's not quite done yet. He adds... If you love Al Sharpton's logic, you'll love these guys. If you've ever held a real job, don't waste your time. Translation, I wouldn't want to leave anyone wondering what color my privilege is. (laughs) Also, quick review of Al Sharpton logic. Uh, Despite all the government regulations against racial discrimination that we now have, the equality fettered market equilibrium still includes shitloads of de facto racism. There's huge reports about that. So if I was going to prove that Mark's a thoughtless ideologue who doesn't really get how society works. It might go like this. Start with mountains of racist data, modus tollens, Reverend Al, disjunctive syllogism, Mark's an ignorant fuck QED. 
proof would go like that. Something. Most sophisticated thing I've ever heard with a fuck in it. Also, <laughs> to the concept that you can't be partisan and skeptical, look, there are two major political parties in this country. It's going to be damn hard to make the case that both parties are equally deserving of skeptical derision when one of them has anti-science legislation <laughs> as a foundation of their platform and the other doesn't. We also had a review from Neil Down with twice as many stars yeah. entitled... Nice try slash epic fail. Translation, I'm under the impression that we're still saying epic fail, not ironically. <laughs> so, after getting comfortable on the couch in his mom's basement where he clearly lives, Neil wrote the following. Two snarky leftist jackasses try to fool you into thinking they're coming from the center. Translation, those bits where they fully admit that they lean left and the show leans left are designed <laughs> to just throw you off, but I saw right through their transparent admission. <laughs> Neil continues... Problem is, they're so far left that their idea of center is way to the left of most thinking people. We're past East. Translation, the fact that liberal political views positively correlate with both intelligence and education just proves that them smart people are a bunch <laughs> of idiots. And just to be clear, liberalism does correlate with higher IQ, so I guess it's understandable that Neil might be a little confused. Which might also explain why he spent several minutes beyond listening to the show to write his review that closed with, don't <laughs> right. waste your time, it's... Far too precious for this. Translation, I could have watched half an episode of Duck Dynasty, damn it. <laughs> Further translation, let's go kill some birds. I'm psyched. No, look, if you want to compare our views to the center of U.S. politics, yes, we're very left. If you want to compare us to world po politics, we're probably a little bit to the right. We land as much as possible on demonstrably true without giving much of a shit, like how close to the political fulcrum that is. <laughs> and finally, we had a review in the form of an email from Kyle, and he starts off... You guys are a couple of fucking idiots. Translation. Dear sirs. <laughs> Continuing. I can't believe I wasted almost 15 minutes of my life on your horseshit. Translation. I thought it was good until you said something I didn't agree with. Whether or not you know it, and you probably don't, you're just shills for the corporate-sponsored media machine and mistake your brainwashing for knowledge. Translation. I'm about to assert some really crazy shit. <laughs> and here it comes. <laughs> This country isn't a democracy, and it never was. Is it a coincidence that every U.S. president except Martin Van Buren is directly descended from British royalty? What? Is it a coincidence <laughs> that U.S. federal courts still fly the British admiralty flag? Translation, is it a coincidence that all the psychiatrists are telling me to take the same antipsychotics? I mean, come on, what are the odds? And further translation... I think Barack Hussein Obama right. is descended from yes, British royalty. Directly, that sounds directly right. descended. Kyle yes. continues, <laughs> you take CNN as the gospel and bow to the altar of MSNBC. Translation, according to Alex Jones, you believe dubious sources uncritically. <laughs> Those of us willing to look beneath the media spin will suffer the slings and arrows of your defamation and, if you're lucky... Maybe we'll save you from your own ignorance. Translation, I have a saving you from your ignorance outfit that includes underwear on the outside of my pants. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing. It's probably worth pointing out, too, that this isn't all the critical feedback we've had. Some people have actually made points and cited right. sources and otherwise tried to honestly rebut things we've said, which is totally reasonable. Those people get polite responses where we actually consider this. The other people, like these guys, they get us making fun of their dicks on the show and talking about them in their mom's basement wearing underwear outside of the tights. And that's all they deserve. Mr. Enright? Yes, and you are? Yeah, sorry about the last-minute substitution here. My name is No Illusions. I've been retained by Boko Haram to hammer out some of those ongoing merger issues. Huh. 
What are the odds Boko Haram and ISIS would select American attorneys for this? Well, it was either that or racist accents. <laughs> All right. Well, then this is probably way better. Okay. Oh. So uh, my notes here say that your clients had some issues with the village-raising car bombing strategy. Okay. Well, it's not so much that they're against them, uh-huh. but we'd really like to see your guys get on board with the decapitations thing. It's kind of our, you know, signature fatality. Right. You know, yeah. Deal. No, that's Great. We, we, we love the head choppy thing. Forward, down, forward, high punch. We can definitely up our head chopping quote. And then there's also a note here about the jingle. Okay, yeah, yeah. We're thinking something like, you know, Costanza by Met Jihadist. Okay, yeah, well. Catchy. See, now our guys were thinking we could rip off that Coke song, like, um, blah, 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 always, Allah Akbar, <laughs> you know, kind of a, a thing like that. Oh, right, well, I could take that back to my people. Sure, that's not bad. Okay, and then there's another note here about the mascot. Okay, look, you're dancing around the real issue that stalled the group talks. My clients are dead set against the name change. They've invested way too much in stationery, banner ads, well, it's a look, whole thing. Okay, but we can't be the Islamic State in Syria and Iraq if we're in Nigeria. The name stays. Come on, you guys can't even decide what your name is. Are you ISIS? Are you ISIL? Are you SIS? I mean, it's, it's getting silly. Oh, Boko Haram is so much cooler. Yeah, Pretty Doesn't cool. that mean books suck? Well, books do suck. Okay, that's not the point, though. Murdering infidels is fun, but you don't see us calling our group murdering infidels is fun. That's now, not now wait, creative what, at all. What, what would that be in Arabic? No clue. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me Google that real quick. Uh, it'd be something like Katala Kafir Marsur, I think. Hmm. No, that sucks. Do you have any idea how many government watch lists I just wound up on for translating that? I mean, as much as I risk to know it, I'd appreciate it if you at least took that one back to your people, too. The name change is a non-starter, deal-breaker. We're ISIS. You guys can maybe add a letter or something to your little franchise, but the ISIS name is staying. Okay, that is kind of bullshit, but if that's the deal, then I think we should at least get our own caliph. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you guys start a radical war machine to murder the slightly less Muslim people and then eventually drive the Zionists out of Palestine? Or was that us? Was that you or was that us? I forget. And you guys have been around for like 13 years. You haven't even genocided a single African nation's worth of infidels yet. What oh, are you even well, doing there? Yeah, I guess toppling stable governments like Syria and Iraq are a little beyond our capacity. There, Hello, it's Islamic badass. State in Syria and Iraq. It'd look pretty stupid if we had that on all the business cards and then we like took over Finland or something. Wouldn't that be well, kind of ridiculous? Okay, all, right, all right, tell you what. Clearly, the name change is a hot-button issue. We can just circle back around to that one at I the end. I told you, non-starter on the name. That we're like the NBA, and you're like the D-League, all That's right? a little you got to understand this. So we can merge, but you guys are like the farm system. First, you learn the basic, fundamental stuff, like, you know, crisp chest passing and kidnapping 250 schoolgirls. If you prove you can handle that simple stuff, then maybe we'll bring your guys up to the majors. But Plus, who gives a fuck if we take over Nigeria? There's nothing holy about... West Central Africa in the book. Oh, like, your guys are so badass. Like, with those lion statues you guys destroyed, they were pretty imposing. Hey, that must have been hey, tough. Our guys did that with no safety glasses, nothing. One of those statues could have fallen, hit somebody's toe. How funny would that be? Oh, yeah. Then I guess you would have had to limp out of Tikrit, wouldn't you? Whoa, whoa. Just because we massacre innocent women and sell school children into sexual slavery... There's no reason we can't be civil about this. Okay, well then what about Islamic State of Iraq and and Syria featuring Boko Haram? I told you we're not changing the name. It's not a rap song. All right, you know what? I'm going to just take my cabal and go home. Fine. Fuck it. Start your own caliphate. See how far that gets you. We will. We will. And we won't call it ISIS. You son of a bitch. You take that back. I'll suicide bomb us right here. Not if I suicide bomb you first. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat, no illusions. No, you got a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. You going salt, pepper, ketchup? What? I'm going to go with D. It doesn't matter because the bagels in Georgia are fucking awful regardless. <laughs> that is the correct secret answer. Well done. So before we get to our first headline, let's see what Hollywood's conservative enclave is working on to discredit this Kenyan Bolshevik we've got in the White House here. Absolutely not trending on Twitter this week was hashtag Tea Party Movies. Noah, would you like to play or pass? I got one. I got one. How about filibuster Keaton in Steamrolled Bill Jr.? <laughs> well played. Thank you. What about Mr. Smith gets an invisible hand job in Washington? Based on those answers, you'd think we were like 106. <laughs> yes, right? Pretty old stuff. By the way, I bet Rand Paul jerks off to a stock ticker without even touching his hands. Up his invisible hand, market forces. Uh-oh. Tea Party Porn, putting the erection back in insurrection. <laughs> and this week's random stranger winner was at shock with a Q at the end, who went with Birthers of a Nation, which probably wouldn't be that different from the original. Well played at shock with a Q. And, and see, I was thinking about going with uh, seven bribes for seven birthers, and now I'm glad I didn't. In our lead story tonight, Arkansas Junior Senator Tom Cotton, in his capacity as chair of the Senate Select Committee on International Schoolhouse Rocks Foreign Policy Communiques, drafted a letter to the leaders of Iran explaining that you just can't trust Americans when it comes to negotiations. Even the Shiite president, despite what you believe. the Shiite president. The letter, which was co-signed by all but seven members of the Senate Republican majority, has received condemnation from... Basically everybody except Bibi Netanyahu and Tom Cotton's mom for undermining American foreign policy, overstepping the powers of the legislative branch, alienating America's strongest European allies, and undermining a bipartisan effort in the Senate that was seeking to do the same thing in a way that might have worked. Yeah. If anybody can make nuclear non-proliferation into a partisan issue, it's our current Congress right now. Well done, guys. Great job with that. Now, this senatorial backstabbing, which just did miss the Ides of March by seven days, comes as the latest escalation in Congress's inexplicably sore rectum over the Iranian nuclear negotiations, which so recently led to John Boehner asking Israel's leader to the prom instead of America's. (laughs) Despite the multinational nature of the negotiations, members of Congress who oppose the prospective deal are advancing the narrative that they should be playing a larger role in the negotiations, specifically the role of the hamstringer. This is nuts. If that's how it's supposed to work, Tom Daschle and Harry Reid would have been sending letters to just about every world leader just about every day George W. was in office. You guys fucking nuts? You can't do that. I wish that they were, though. The letter incorrectly argues that nothing agreed to in the negotiations would be binding, ignoring all the countries on Earth that weren't America. They then went on to explain that, quote, the next president could revoke such an executive agreement with the stroke of a pen and future Congresses could modify the terms of the agreement at any time, end quote. And while most of the stuff in the letter is technically true, U.N. approval and the fact that they aren't negotiating a treaty makes this pretty much irrelevant. <laughs> and from the mega Bitewater scandal file tonight, former Secretary of State and currently reigning Illuminati queen Hillary Clinton is under fire in the media for using a personal email account on a private server while acting as a government official instead of a state.gov address controlled and monitored by the State Department service. The specifics of the accusations range in scale, starting on the mild end with the claim that she violated communications protocols in a way that might have risked leaking classified information over insecure connections. Uh And on the harsher end, some have suggested treasonous activity, such as use of the private account to discuss illegal contributions from foreign governments to her family's charity foundation, which coincidentally uses the same type of money that can be used to fund a political campaign. Well, yeah, you know, probably not a scandal that can bring down a presidential campaign, but her nomination is seeming more and more 
inevitable at this point. <laughs> now, in her defense, her home and, by extension, her server is protected by the Secret Service, so it's not like she was putting these sensitive oh, communications wonderful. in the hands of a bunch of drunken, <laughs> scandal-ridden fuck-ups or anything. <laughs> Feel much safer. Yeah. So, mm. Mrs. Clinton addressed this controversy at a press conference last week. Sort of. Sort of, and gave one of the dumbest excuses one could possibly offer, given the allegations. She claimed, quote, I opted for convenience to use my personal email account, which was allowed by the State Department. No, it wasn't. Because, no, it wasn't, correct. Because I thought it would be easier to carry just one device for my work and for my personal emails instead of two, end quote. So even if most cell phones weren't easily working with multiple email accounts in 2009 when she started, is she fucking serious? We're supposed to believe there wasn't a single IT guy that could have made that happen for her? Either she's highly underqualified for a job from a technology knowledge perspective, or she's at least slightly lying, and also terrible at it, and also paying a staff of people who are likewise terrible at it. Right, right. The politicians are supposed to be the best liars. You're not proving yourself to be so. I also love the idea that installing and maintaining an email server in one's home is more convenient than having two phones. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Now you have to have one phone and one, you know. She also said that she never emailed any classified information, which you're the fucking Secretary of State. Like, one would think that any communication you send in that capacity is classified information on some level, right? (laughs) So maybe it's a slight overreaction about Hillary's email, but her supporters are probably correct in assuming she's not a national traitor, at least. Probably not. Except for the lizard alien overlord thing, but otherwise probably not a traitor. But it certainly seems like she's hiding something, given the asinine excuse. Probably something far less serious than a crime for which we should hang her, but something, for sure. Either way, the effect was clear, and Hillary is certainly slightly down in recently reported approval numbers, so I guess Jeb Bush and Liz Warren fans could do a quick fist bump across the aisle for probably the last time. <laughs> yeah, right? Doesn't happen often. And in Keystone Spooks news tonight, two Secret Service agents are under investigation for yet another act of drunken buffoonery after drunk driving through a police partition on the White House lawn during an active bomb <laughs> investigation. Right next to it. A bomb! The two, well, was a suspicious package, package, but could have been a bomb at that point. Now, the two agents in question, one of whom is the number two man in Obama's personal security detail, released a joint statement after the incident, reading in part, quote, ABCGDFE, motherfuckers, now how can I do that shit if I was drunk? End quote. I'm picturing to see that his driver stumbles out of the car, vomits on his own shoes, right. tosses the keys to the guy in the bomb squad, juggernaut suit like he's the valet. Right. Keep it running for me. Keep it running. Walks in the White House like he's fucking Hunter S. Thompson on acid. Like, Not a reasonable place to park. Well, junior officers on the scene pushed to have the two sobriety tested. The supervisor on duty opted for the rub some dirt in it approach and instead sent the two to their rooms with no supper. This lack of the most basic modicum of accountability has led to renewed criticisms of the agency's lack of internal discipline, compounding previous drunken prostitute scandals on no fewer than three continents. Joining us with more on this story is Caucasian reporter Lucy Liu, who's standing by live at the White House. Lucinda, where are you now? I'm in the Oval Office, Heath. Wow, we figured you'd just be talking to someone out front or something. You didn't even have a press pass. Didn't need one. How'd you talk them into... Letting you into the Oval Office. Oh, they have no idea I'm here. Isn't there security out front? Well, there was, but I put a sign across the street that said free Colombian prostitutes with an arrow underneath it, so that pretty much took care of the gate detail. I see, but isn't there security inside as well? Yep, 
they were a little tougher. I had to use a four-piece disguise that included nasal prosthetic, facial recognition, obfuscation, exaggerated eyebrows, and a little mustache. <laughs> Wait, Groucho glasses? Are you saying you used Groucho glasses? Well, sounds less technical that way, but yeah. Okay, that just sounds like a prop for prop's sake. Did oh, even, no, oh. the, the, the nose plays. Okay, so that disguise got you all the way into the Oval Office? Seriously? Uh, not quite. The last hurdle required the clever use of a cardboard box, a stick, some twine, and a family pack of Reese's Pieces. <laughs> Gotcha. So now that you're in there, um, what are you going to do? Well, luckily, Obama left his executive order tabulate out. So I think when I go ahead and legalize weed and gay marriage, Heath. Excellent choice. Could you also possibly make Jonah Hill give back that Oscar while you're there? Is the button for that? Oh, hell yeah. Thank you, Lucinda. Now, where's that pen? And in how about climate anti-stability news tonight? The Florida Center for Investigative Journalism released a recent report accusing the governor's office of spearheading an unofficial policy that barred the state's Department of Environmental Protection from using the terms global warming, climate change, or sustainability. Florida governor and illegitimate love child of Gollum and Bullet Bill Rick Scott denies the charges, (laughs) citing the fact that there's something behind you. You should look out. (laughs) Great job, Florida. You've turned global preservation into a party game. Okay, guys, protect the environment. Here's your taboo card. Don't get buzzed. (laughs) Global (laughs) Zet. Critics of the report point to the fact that the term climate change does appear on the Florida DEP website. And while the governor's office denies the allegations, they also deny that global warming exists, so you have reason to doubt the veracity of their denials. (laughs) Scott has repeatedly ducked and dodged questions about his position on climate change, though on the occasion that he's gone on record, it's been to say that either he's unconvinced or he's not a scientist (laughs) or both. And in biodegenerate gambler news tonight, German failed biologist and outspoken anti-vaxxer Stephen Lanka was recently ordered by a local court to pay 100,000 euros to fellow countryman Dr. David Barden as enforcement of a bet between the two. It seems Mr. Lanka disagrees with the well-established fact that measles is a virus. So based on, uh, well, nobody really has any idea, but based on something, Lanka instead believes that measles is a, quote, psychosomatic illness caused by, quote, traumatic separations. Again, it's not. (laughs) No. It's it's a virus. Nonetheless, Lanka was so confident in his wrong claim that he posted a wager on his website offering to pay 100,000 euros to anybody that can prove measles is a virus. And unfortunately for Lanka, one of the people in the world saw this and took him up on that. I mean, what the fuck is he? A psychosomatic contagion i mean you might as well have said it's not a virus it's a pony so dr barden noticed the ridiculous challenge on the website and gathered shitloads of peer-reviewed scientific evidence and sent it to mr lanka with a bill for the hundred grand awesome then as is necessary when you believe something that's clearly false lanka insisted that overwhelming amounts of data is suspicious and refused to honor the public wager. After reviewing the very simple evidence, it was determined by the court that Lanka is, in fact, a dumbass that owes Barden a bunch of money. And I think that's just fan-fucking-tastic. Everyone start making publicly witnessed wagers with street preachers and science tonight. Great new game. One of my favorite stories ever. Now, how do we get Deepak to Germany? (laughs) I could use a million bucks for proving that brains are capable of thought, right? (laughs) And in notorious B-I-G-O-T news tonight, if your name is Levi or Parker and you lead a bus full of other white people singing an extremely racist song, uh, there's no benefit and there's no doubt 
you're just a racist asshole. I and think so. Same goes for all the other names, by the way. But Parker and Levi makes it a little bit worse. <laughs> which is why <laughs> nobody should have any sympathy names. for Levi Pettit and Parker Rice, who did exactly that on a trip with their now-disbanded SAE fraternity chapter at Oklahoma University, then got expelled from the school, and will now require their rich parents to get them into a different university they probably don't deserve to attend. Well, and, and now to their credit, though, the entire state of Oklahoma seems to have kind of come together to condemn this video immediately. You that know, was good. Oklahoma seems to have put its old bigoted ways behind it and replaced them with new bigoted ways about gay people. It's about hating gay people now. Come on, get with the 21st century, guys. Right. So despite all these facts being revealed when a disgusted member of this bus group captured the miniature clan rally on video, several pundits have come to the defense of these bigots, including the SAE chapter's newly hired lawyer, Stephen Jones, who also defended Timothy McVeigh, by the way. Jones claims singing about lynching black people is protected free speech. Now, uh-huh. I'm, I'm a huge fan of free speech and the First Amendment, even for racist douchebags with six pop collars and a visor one slightly askew, even for them. But does this sound like a Correct interpretation of the Constitution uh, to you? Is it per- sure. I don't know if it's sure. quite like, perfect. Well, but like singing about lynching black people, yes, that's protected speech. Okay. But they also were singing about how they would never let black people into their fraternity. That's a crime, right? I mean, it's at the very well, least, it's it's against the Oklahoma school's rules, but it's probably also a fucking crime, especially when you consider that people live in frat houses, so there's a housing issue here. So they're basically singing a fucking confession. <laughs> You you have the freedom to sing I discriminate against black people just like you have the freedom to sing I'm the one that knocked over that liquor store. But either way, punishing you for the act you're admitting to doing isn't a violation of your free speech yeah, rights. Yeah, sing I whatever mean, you want. I'm not a lawyer, under but arrest. I would think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, by the way, also coming to the defense of Levi and Parker was – Rush Hudson Limbaugh III, oh, who God. also shit silver spoons from birth and also failed to graduate from a Confederate state university. <laughs> During a recent episode of his ridiculous show, Limbaugh suggested if Kanye West wrote the same lyrics about hanging black people from trees, it'd be a number one hit, likely featured at the Grammy Awards. Uh, but so that's either blatantly false, I'd uh-huh. like to think, or true and completely irrelevant, one at or the other. Best. Regardless, even if these malignant fucks get reinstated at OU or attend school elsewhere, or none of the above, they are certain to be ridiculed in the press for a while. And we thought we might be able to help with that. Right, yeah, we're press, kind of. Now, unfortunately, though, we've been told that having underpaid Guatemalan refugees is pretty much as bad as having unpaid Guatemalan refugees. So we got rid of those guys, and we brought in a brand new group of independent contractor underage Guatemalan orphan refugees, and we asked them to help us brainstorm some potential headlines for upcoming issues of the Oklahoma University school paper. Yes, we did, and thanks to... Guatco's new anarcho-syndicate collective bargaining agreement were now required to credit them as a group for all the material they write, mm-hmm. which might explain the high number of large penis revenge scenario headlines they came up with. <laughs> There's always an undercurrent of revenge sodomy to their work, but it was particularly <laughs> pronounced this week. Yes, right. it was. I know. First that. up, we have SAE probe leads to Greek-style affirmative action and other reparations. <laughs> and by the way, if you didn't hear at least four separate ass-fucking jokes there, listen again, rewind it. Listen again. There are attention. four. There are four. <laughs> Next well up, we had brown eye for an eye. The 12-inch lynch goes mob deep. <laughs> nice. Those hip-hop fans out there, check those references. They're all in there. And next up, we had... Entitled frat bigots prove SAE less effective hangman letters than conventional wisdom. Nice bit of a slow burner there. I like that one. I like it. We also it's had geeky. singing songs about lynching black people 
Way too sooner. <laughs> yes, exactly. March Madness isn't supposed to have goose stepping in it. That's not the kind of March we're talking about <laughs> at all. Not. And finally, we had, if they wanted to know what it's like to be hung like a black man, all they had to do was ask and bend over. <laughs> it would have shown <laughs> And, of course, a, a bigot getting sodomized by an angry black man is to the skeptocrat as the fat lady singing is to the opera. So I guess we're done here. And that's going to do it for Episode 8. Thanks to No Illusions for the thing with the guy in the place. Welcome. Thanks to his lovely wife, Lucinda, for pulling a nightcrawler on the White House security detail. And thanks to all the <laughs> listeners that liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Daniel, James, Jordan, Danny, Brian, Joseph, Daniel, Jay, Hunter, Eric, Sean, Dave, John, and Rick, whose rocks are so goddamn powerful, not even a piece of paper could lie on top of them. Oh, shit. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more unsolicited dick jokes free of charge, check out our podcast award-nominated sister show, The Scathing Atheist, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or directly from scathingatheist.com. Fans of the show can vote for us once a day at podcastawards.com through March 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern. We also have a belated thanks to Brian for providing us with the hilarious Aristocrats outtake from two weeks ago. Speaking of which, we very much encourage listeners to send us similar material, the best and possibly worst of which will likely find their way onto future episodes. And we just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to the Mixolydian Encyclopedian Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check them out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next week, catchphrase sign-off. So you know I'm going to love any episode that has a Buster Keaton reference and two Groucho Marx references. <laughs> it's my kind of episode. <laughs>